Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, Alex and Peter. And um, we are here to discuss a 1-0 loss to Juventus as they claim their position at the top of the group. Um, And I would just like to start out with this. Chelsea controlled this game, uh, or I should say they controlled this match. Um, You know, obviously... It's a little physical with the three yellow cards handed out to um, Ziyech Alonso and Rudiger. But, you know, everything leads to how dominant Chelsea were in this game. But it was it was just a neutralization, if that's the right word I'm using. Juventus was able to neutralize Chelsea's attack. Um, although they weren't able to stop them from getting shots on goal, they were able to stop them from getting uh, a goal. And obviously... Uh, Federico Chiesa is able to capitalize, what, 11 seconds into the second half. I don't want to have to call it a lucky goal because it was good ball movement to set it up, but um, I could very well say a lucky goal uh, for Chiesa. I mean, the shots, Chelsea had 10 more. They were in the in past 15 with 16 shots, and both both teams had one shot on target. Possession, again, like I was saying, Chelsea controlled this game completely with almost 75% possession, almost 800 passes. I mean, they did what Chelsea does best. Um, obviously, the fouls were against them, uh, where, where they did commit a, a good amount of fouls in this match. Uh, but I think that's just what I wanted to start with uh, before I give it to you guys. I think that I don't want to say Chelsea deserved the win because they lost, um, but they definitely were controlling most of this game just without a goal on the board. Oh, I don't think we deserve to win this game at all. I mean, you can say all you want about how we dominated the game, down a position, had all these passes, kept all the position, uh, possession well. But what it comes down to is scoring that goal. And we had, did we have a shot on target or did we not have a shot on target? We had 10 shots, but I don't think... One, we... one shot on target. Both teams had one shot on target. Right. And I think against Man City, we only had one or zero, maybe even zero shots on target that entire game. So in the past 180 minutes, we've had one or two at most two shots on target which 
you just can't have. You need to be able to score. You need to score these goals. I don't know what happened. We Were we just playing bad teams when we were scoring, getting these 3-0 wins? Uh, were we just playing bad teams? Or did I don't know what happened. Because suddenly we just can't do anything. Is it just because Man City and Juventus are good defensively? Juventus obviously tried to play more defensively, but that doesn't excuse us only having one shot on target. I mean... You can't really blame Lukaku because he doesn't really get these opportunities. You can say maybe make these runs, get into these spaces, but it's really all about the two wingers or two cams or whatever, or like Werner next to him and someone behind him, how it was against City in the five or three five two. I mean, the people playing around Lukaku haven't been good at all. It's They've really been not up to it. Havertz today was just very, very poor again. He was poor again. He's gone from being on top top form like obviously champions league final scoring in that and then in the euros he played extremely well i don't know how what we need to do to get that out of him but he hasn't been playing well um ziech wasn't particularly great either uh, i mean we're really missing mason mount mason mount hasn't even been playing particularly well before he got that knock he hadn't been playing great but I think we're really, really missing him. Christian Pulisic, we'd also miss. Uh, we're also missing. I mean, he's obviously all the injuries, but I mean, he's still one of our most creative and and dangerous uh, wingers that we really miss because right now we're just not creating enough chances. I mean, defensively we played very well, pretty much. Uh, I mean, one goal against a team like Juventus that's very solid. I mean, you should expect to at least draw that game when you're getting the 75% possession, keeping the boss away. You should expect to draw this game. I mean, like you said, Josh, you could say the goal is lucky. Was it really lucky? I mean, kind of right off of halftime. It's like FIFA. It's literally like FIFA, a kickoff goal. I mean, it's not really lucky because it was a well-worked goal. They got into the right positions. Great ball, great finish. But, I mean, that was really... We des- we didn't deserve to win this game, but it sh- we didn't deserve to lose this game most definitely. We should not have won this game, but we should not have lost this game. I mean, I, it's not. we just need to work on our attack. I mean, our defense is not being as solid as they were last year, letting up a goal in two straight games, but that's good enough that we should be getting these wins. So I don't know what we need to do, change the formation. Uh, I mean, just wait until we get more players back and see if that fixes it. I mean, but if there's anybody that'll figure it out, it is Thomas Tuchel. So trust in him. I mean, we'll turn it around hopefully at some point uh, soon, sooner rather than later. Uh, but I don't know at this point. It's just our attack is looking very, very bad. I mean, Saul hasn't been doing anything, and I think Jorg- I wanted I wanted Jorgino to kind of get a rest this game because I think he's played uh, played pretty much like every minute of every game throughout the Euros and everything. Uh, I mean, he it's not like he's ever gotten a, really gotten a break. I mean, Saul didn't even play in this game. Loftus-Cheek has taken a spot. That's not a good enough signing. Lukaku, you could say maybe the reason he's not getting these chances is because we waited basically until the end of preseason, so the people around him really didn't get a chance to mold with him. Who knows, but we got to do something to fix it up. Hopefully, Jorginho gets a rest because he looked pretty tired. Maybe that's part of the reason. Who knows? Tuga will figure it out. Just move on to the next game, I guess. Forget about it as soon as possible. So, you know, this game was disappointing. It was frustrating to watch most of the time. It just felt like, you know, when I when I looked at how we set up, right, 
We had Ziek mostly on the left-hand side, which just didn't work because Ziek cannot play on the left. It's just he he kept coming, dipping into midfield, coming almost into like that left wing back, or, or, you know, roll area, kind of trying to sit in between Kovacic and Alonso. Alonso had a shocker. Um, really surprised he started despite uh, despite the fact that he had a shocker last game as well. Ziyech just wasn't getting in the right positions. He was pretty much useless throughout the whole game because of that. Um, Havertz was non-existent until probably about the last 15 minutes or so. He had a couple nice runs here and there, and he missed two really big chances that we had that could have uh, tied the game there. Lukaku didn't have much service throughout the game. No one was able to get the ball into him. Uh, to be fair, it's very tough against Benucci and Delict. And obviously, when Chiellini came on, it was almost unfair. It was a one v three. As P was struggling at that right wing back role, felt like he really couldn't get forward. Uh, we saw Tuchel make that drastic three, a uh, triple change, uh, probably around the 60th minute or so. And I think there was a good reason why. I, I'll talk about it in a second, but I'm not sure if tactically it was the right decision. Uh, on who and where he brought people on. Um, defensively, overall decent. We had a couple sloppy mistakes in the beginning of the game, especially from Kovacic, who really let uh, Chiesa and uh, Bernadeschi through um, quite a few times. Jorginho and Kovacic in general just looked a bit off the pace today. Um, but I, I want to get to the substitution, right? Because we're 1-0 down right after halftime. It makes sense. You got you got to do something. We looked like we were just c- kind of out of it. What you know, what he what Tuchel does obviously he brings on Ben Chilwell at halftime. That's a like for like swap. I don't think there's a big deal about that. But uh, he then proceeds to bring on uh, Chalaba, Callum Hudson Adoy, and then he also brings on Ruben Loftus Cheek. And so what he does once again is he so as P for uh, CHO is a. Uh, like a like-for-like like swap. He goes in the right wing back. He's more pushing forward, etc., but still at that role. And then, of course, he takes off Jorginho and Ziek. And instead of, you know, having someone take that third attacking role, he kind of tucks three players into the midfield again, which is just not what we needed. If anything, I was thinking we should bring on another attacker. You bring on Callum Hudson-Odoi, you bring on maybe, I, I don't know who exactly, maybe you play Ruben Loftus-Cheek forward, forward, uh, further forward, or you bring on Timo Werner or uh, whoever else was attacking. Ross Barkley ended up bringing on later, who I thought was just ineffective. Um, but he goes back to this three in the midfield system, which just didn't work. Um, you know, Callum Hudson-Odoi was good. Uh, on the right-hand side, he really pushed us forward. We had Ruben lost his cheek. He kind of pushed himself forward a bit. Um, and then you had Chalaba, which didn't make any sense why he was in the midfield when you could have just put him at right center back. Ruben lost his cheek, um, a like-for-like with Jorginho, Callum Hudson-Odoi at right wing back, and then maybe bring on someone like Timo Werner uh, for Hakim Ziyech. Don't take away one of those attacking players and just put an attacking player on the wing back role. If you're losing, you got to make a more because it, it was almost like a one foot, f- one step forward, and then you took one step back. If that makes any sense, right? You take a f- step forward, getting more attacking players on with Calum Hudson Doy on Fras Pilicueta, but then you take off Ziesh for Ruben Loftus Cheek, who sits deeper. So it's like a one step forward, one step back. So it seemed to me like Tuchel 
wanted to get back in the game, but he didn't really want to get back into the game. Um, so that that was just kind of an interesting decision for, uh, from my perspective about what he did there. Um, maybe a quadruple change might have actually been the better option and tried to bring on uh, someone like Werner or uh, Ross Barkley earlier. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of my assessment of the substitution and what Tuchel was doing. And I think sometimes he plays a little bit too conservative. So I would like to clear something up because I think I was saying in my earlier time when I first started before I sent it to you guys that like I thought the Chiesa goal was, was you know, I, I, I don't think I said lucky directly, but I think I said like, you know, it, it could have been lucky or like it, it was somewhat lucky. But I so it was not a lucky goal. That was a beautiful strike with, you know, the, the passing up to the to the goal as well was was very nice. You know, the pass inside the box. I don't know who who passed it inside the box at Chiesa, but whatever it was, the whole setup was beautiful. I was just saying it was lucky that it was 11 seconds into the second half when obviously Chelsea wasn't ready for a quick, you know, four passes and then a goal, right? Right, you know, at, at that point. So I just wanted to clear that up because I think the Chelsea defense just wasn't fully set up and, and wasn't ready for that. That's what I meant by lucky, not the, not the you know, strike itself, but the, I guess, the timing of when it happened. Um, but that's about it. I mean, if you guys have any thoughts on the goal, I know you both talked, but if you want to say your thoughts on the goal or anything else before we wrap up this, you know, first half of the podcast, before we go to the preview, go ahead. If not, then I'll take it over and and we'll head to the preview of Southampton match. Let's just say from the goal, when I was, I got up to get a snack and by the time I sat down, I would like, you know, the goal was already in the back of the net. The ball was already in the back of the net. So it happened pretty quickly. Peter, I think you're good. I, I assume you're good. I mean, I, I kind of I kind of already said it. I mean, yeah. I kind of had the same opinion you where you can it's not lucky, right? The goal was well worked and it was good, but like I said, it's like a FIFA goal was right from kickoff which isn't necessarily lucky. It's just more annoying that it is lucky that it's obviously like you said the defense isn't set up fully. We're not back into the game. Maybe we're switched off because you're just coming out from halftime, coming out from the team talk, coming out from a rest or something. Not necessarily lucky as it is more kind of like unfortunate i think is a better word yeah yeah i think that's better than lucky yeah that's a good word to use anyway um we have a premier league match this weekend to preview chelsea versus southampton a little bit of an easier opponent uh, than the last two that chelsea has faced and obviously we're coming off a crushing loss against man city but let's hopefully bounce back uh the game is saturday october 2nd 10 a.m est eastern standard time that means 3 p.m in england and uh, Chelsea, they do still sit in the top four, and actually, just the same amount of points as Man City has. Um, and Chelsea was handed their first loss of the season against Man City, and I think, yeah, they have the exact same record, four one and one right now. Uh, the goals for is actually the same, and the goals against is a little bit different. Uh, Man City with one, and Chelsea with two now, obviously because they let up uh, the goals against Man City, uh, both with thirteen points. But anyway, that's not what we're playing. Okay. Chelsea sit in third with 13 points, and Southampton sit in fourth, uh, or in fourth, imagine, sit in 16th with four points. Uh, They're just coming off a loss this weekend. Before that, they've had four draws. Four draws, two losses, still without a win this season. Let's hope we don't give them that. Uh, Just a few stuff I have here. I remember I did this last season for a few games. I don't know if I've done it any, but it's kind of like read the pre-match insights. Um... And I, I'll do to the first two of those that I have here. So Chelsea are winless in their last three league uh, games against Southampton. They've drawn two and lost one. Uh, 
last having a longer winless run against them between October of 1990 and December of 1993, which was seven games. Uh, And then the second and final one I'll do here is Southampton have taken 19 points from the 22 Premier League away games against Chelsea. They they won four, uh, drew seven, and lost 11. Only at Aston Villa, uh, 27, and Crystal Palace, 21, have Saints earned more away points in the competition. So those two match pre-match facts uh, aren't on Chelsea's side, but I think they can turn the tides uh, of that and get a win here. I will save my score prediction for later, but I will start off with my goalkeeper and back line in my lineup prediction. And to start it out, I'm going to say that Edward Mendy will be in net. It was always... Uh, so far this season, at least, a kind of guarantee that he would be there. And obviously, we had a a little um, surprise a few, or what what would it be, a a week ago now, um, or a a few matches ago, uh, where that wasn't the case. But now he he seems to be okay, and will start a net for me. And then the back line, Thiago Silva, Christensen, Rudiger, I think this lineup will be very similar to what we saw uh, today when recording this against Juventus. For me, like you said, it's been Mendy, except for when he had that weird freak injury. So Mendy will stay in net. Thiago Silva will be in the center, um, debating between Christensen and Chalaba as one of the center backs, or maybe even Rudiger getting a bit of a break. But I think it'll be Rudiger and let's go Chalaba. So back three, Rudiger, Silva, Chalaba, Mendy in net. All right, I'm going to go a bit radical here. I think Tuchel, he's a tinker, tinkerer. Um, and he's not going to be happy with the two pass results here. I think he's going to go a bit more attacking than usual here. Mendy in goal. Uh, my back three is going to be Chalaba, Christensen, and Rudiger. Silva, I think, will not start in this game. Um, at right wing back, I have Callum Hudson-Odoi. At left wing back, I have Ben Chilwell. And in the midfield, I have Jorginho and Ruben Loftus-Cheek starting there. Um, so that's what that's kind of my back line in midfield. And as you can see, I'm kind of going for a more attacking setup. Uh, I have, I think Alonso really can't start after the past performances. So Chilwell will be there. I think Jorginho needs a break and I don't think we can really trust Saul. So Loftus-Cheek will get a start. I mean, you said it as more of Tuka wanted to go more attacking. I see it as more of kind of a necessity to have him start. I think Kovacic will also be in there. And we really don't know how bad the Reese James injury is. I've seen reports of it being like a month or maybe even longer than that. So he obviously can't start here. So I guess we, I'd, if we really want to go, if Tuko really wants to go like attacking, attacking and get goals, he'd go Kalamuts and Adore here. But I think he's going to start Asby needed to have the captain in there. I have Asby starting. Um there as well, Peter. Orhini on Kovacic as well in the midfield, and just like what you were saying, I think he does chill well, though I wouldn't be surprised if he started Alonso, honestly. Uh, and then for my forwards, Mount, uh, Mount and Havertz, I think we'll get the starts there. Uh, like you were saying, Alex missed a few chances today. Hopefully he'll be able to bounce back on Saturday and nail in a goal. Uh, that would be nice. And then Lukaku, of course, uh, number nine starting there at the striker position. And then I'll save my goal prediction. All right, so for my front three, I'm going to go Werner on the left, I'm going to go Ziyech on the right, and I'm going to go Lukaku up front. I think Havertz misses out here uh, on Saturday. And for my score prediction, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Chelsea win, one from Lukaku, and one from 
Jorginho a penalty? For me, uh, I think Havertz also will miss out. He's been being pretty poor, so I don't... I mean, this might be a good game for him. Uh, Maybe the next cup game would be a better game. I'm not really sure, but I don't think he'll start here. I think Lukaku will definitely start. Uh, I have Mason Mount as a starting lineup, but that injury is also kind of weird. Like, he was supposed to be... It was supposed to be not that bad, but now he's missed a few games. So I hope and think he will be back this weekend, but maybe not, but I'll put him in there because I think if he's healthy, he will start. And I think I'm kind of going to go as a front two, Lukaku and Werner, uh, and Mount is kind of a bit uh, uh, behind them, but not really a 5-3-2 cuz that was really kind of yucky except for the Spurs game which I think is a bit different than the other few games so Mount is more of like a center forward rather than like a cam in, in the three in the middle when Lukaku and Werner up, uh in front of him strikers and I will say that the times I haven't predicted a Chelsea 3-0 win we've lost this season so that means Chelsea I predict we'll get a 3-0 win this weekend against Southampton. I think Lukaku will get two, and Werner will bag one. The Mr. Mr. $200,000 man, remember? I'm going to keep bringing that up until he eventually has a stinker, and then I'm going to have to stop. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I guess you can do that, but um, I'm going to go 1-0. I think it's going to be a little tough for Chelsea to get it done. Obviously, I've kind of mentioned in the past few matches between Chelsea and Southampton, but we'll have to wait and see. And obviously, you will wait and see um, as Chelsea will play that match on Saturday against Southampton. We'll be right back here uh, for a recap um, later. And I mean, I don't want to say too much, but hopefully we'll have a guest on that episode. That's all I'm going to leave it with. Um, but if not, then you'll just hear us three recapping the match. But anyway, please subscribe to this podcast. We would really appreciate it. Drop five stars. We haven't seen a five stars in a little bit. So if you'd be able to do that uh, and write a review if po- or, or write a review if possible, that would be great. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkingBluesPod. I'm at JoshHolo29. Alex is at Anorian23. And check out the podcast on all its platforms. You can find that on ShipItStudios.com slash TalkingBlues. That's ShipItStudios.com slash Chalk slash TalkingBlues. Sorry. Uh, you know, but I got it though. Uh, thank you so much for listening once again, and we will see you next week for this recap. Welcome to the all eighties movies podcast. I'm Bill and I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl or a Jedi, We've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.